Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the New Brunswick Union podcast. I'm Susie Prudag, president of the New Brunswick Union. On today's episode, we'll be discussing a topic that's been in the news for quite some time now, the state of nursing homes and nursing home care in our province. Of course, the majority of this debate has centered on the ongoing labor dispute and court battles between QP, which represents the majority of nursing home workers in this province, and the provincial government. Most of the media coverage has focused on the legal proceedings on whether or not the workers, who've been without a contract for more than two years, can legally strike, as well as the discussion around wages. At the New Brunswick Union, which represents workers at six nursing homes across New Brunswick, we feel the most important part of the story is being underreported, specifically the burden placed on staff due to injuries, lack of workers, and how that's affecting the care. In this episode, we'll speak with a nursing home worker to get their perspective on how things are operating and the daily challenges that they face. Now, in order to protect this person, we will not divulge their name and we have disguised their voice. So let's begin. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Let's start by you uh, describing a typical day in your profession. Thank you for having me. Um, A typical day in the profession that I chose starts out now me wondering if when I go to work, I can physically do what's asked of me. Are we going to have enough staff? Are people going to get their bath today? And what kind of excuse can I conjure up to tell them that, no, we're working short today and you don't want to overburden the residents. So you come up with some kind of like, well, you're not going to get it now and you might get it later. You might get it tomorrow. But now, if this is a weekend situation and your bath is always on a Saturday, you uh, possibly might not get your bath for quite some time. Um, This being said, the challenges that the workers are facing are task-driven. They've come to the point now where you go, you go, you go. I used to go to work to work, and now I go to work to run. You know, it's 7 o'clock, people have to be into the dining room for 9 o'clock, um, you've got six, seven, eight people. And if people called in sick, now you've got 10, 11, you just, there's no physical way. I actually did an assessment on poundage one time. I had 800 pounds of care to give before 9 a.m. So if you don't think the work, working nursing home worker is uh, physically tasked out, you'd, you'd best think a little harder because it's a very physically demanding job. In fact, I believe that in the future that's going to be a requirement to be a nursing home worker is that you must be able to lift and pull and push poundage. It is ridiculous sometimes, especially if you don't have the help. Now, working short, some people say, oh, you know, work short, do the best you can. Well, sometimes the best you can do is leave that person in bed, you know, and and provide them with their meals and then they need to be fed. What if you don't have enough hands? You're, you're, you're depending on all aspects of the workers in all the homes. It, they want, you know, everywhere from the maintenance worker to the kitchen worker to the housekeeper, you're saying to yourself, Susie's mother needs to go out. It's her birthday today. We got to get her done up first. You know, um, I know there's only three of us here today for 27 people, but let's do the best we can at the people that are having a special day today. You know, so you're going to focus on those people. Uh, as far as baths are concerned, they're out of the question because they're the specialty of a nursing home. That's the ones you give the care, you cut the nails, you do all the special things that that person needs on their bath day. 
they get their bed changed, they get their linen changed. It's not a, a typical day for that resident, it's their special day. They get their nails done, like I said, they get their ears cleaned, it gets really in-depth care when they get their bath day. So to miss it, and to miss it for five weeks in a row is incredible. I mean, they're still going to get a little bit of care here and there, but they're not going to get their special day. Wow. Um, so can you talk about the things or some of the things you think people should know about nursing homes in New Brunswick that most people don't know about? Yeah, Susie, I, I really think that there's opinions out there that, you know, oh, it's okay. I heard a politician say this not that long ago. Um, the situation in a nursing home is okay. Well, let me ask this person, he, she, um, can you live on $7 a day? Because that's what they're being given, the dietitians that are working their magic. And I tell you, they've got to have magic in order to feed somebody for $7 a day. That includes your breakfast, your lunch, your two snacks, and God forbid you be a diabetic, because those are special snacks. You need a protein, you need your you need your good food to eat. And, you know, it's it's getting done, but barely. It's scraping. You know, I mean, they don't have the funding they need to give. We all know what it costs for good nutrition. And and seven bucks a day? You can't feed a child. Somebody should be appalled here somewhere. You know, that that's just not acceptable in, in any realm. Do workers find themselves having to buy stuff? Or I'm glad you mentioned that because, yes, we have had um, service workers go home on their lunch break and come back with something they know that somebody really likes, like a strange item, uh, fish cakes, fiddleheads. Um, you know, when, when it's in season, the strawberries and uh, blueberries and family members are bringing stuff in because we don't have junk there. We don't have chips and um, snacks and jube jubes and candy. And we don't have those things. They're not given to them. They're not offered to them. They're not nutritious. They're not healthy, but a lot of people enjoy them. I've often heard about the Tums, Tums and Tylenol. Everyone should have, every place, workplace even, any workplace should have a huge, huge, huge bottle of Tylenol for people with headaches, stress-related disorders, you know, but they all pay for it separately. They pay, you buy Tylenol, I buy Tylenol, they buy Tylenol. Why can't we get a huge, huge bottle, save a few bucks, dispense it from that huge bottle? You know, why does everybody got to pay individually for Tums and Tylenol, which is used a lot because of calcium for Tums, Tylenol for anything that ails you. Did you know that if your loved one, significant mom, dad, goes into a home that they have to co-pay for their blood to be taken to the lab because it's due to be drawn every three months or six months or whatever it is, there's a courier that comes, picks up the blood, brings it to the hospital, and that person that had their bloods drawn is going to co-pay the courier to take it there. And if they're having an appointment outside the home, they have to pay for a chaperone, you know, to go with them because they're not capable of sometimes speaking for themselves or what their background might be or their history. And so we always try and send somebody with them. And that comes out of their comfort money a lot of times, unless a family member can come and take them and the, the, they have haircuts, you know, and that comes out of their money. Uh, denture tablets comes out of their money. Uh, anything special comes out of their money. How about lotion? You know, we've got lotion, but it's, you know, it's no name, dollar store, runny, like not quality lotion. It's not a vino. You know, it's not Dove. And this is the way we're treating the very people that brought us into the world and wanted to give us the best. You know, we're treating them 
like they're third class people, but they're the people that know everything. They brought us into the world. They gave us the best. They suffered and they did without. Well, guess what? When you come to the poorhouse at the end of the day, you're going to have to do without again. And I think that's sad to tell somebody. So can you speak to us about the violence? Uh, you know, is there more violence in the workplace due to more and more people suffering from dementia and Alzheimer's? Yes. In the nursing home setting, there definitely is. Um, we're taking a trend away from antipsychotic medication, which I think is a good thing. But sometimes, unfortunately, you have no idea when it's coming at you. You can go in to look after someone and the next thing you know, they've grabbed you, they've spit on you, they've pinched you, they've held you down, they wouldn't let you go, um, they've cornered you, they've thrown things at you. Um, you know, these are traumatic incidences and they happen almost every day. You know, that you have to go in and get care of somebody that's violent or you say to yourself, my goodness, they haven't been changed in hours and hours, I'm going to try and take them to the bathroom. I was actually thrown into a wall one time. I mean, I've been a nursing home worker for many, many years. So I've seen a lot of things. And then, you know, you take them in, you think they can walk one day, and then something in them snaps and they don't walk anymore. They've automatically changed from a walking person, one assist, to a non-walker, you know. So those are gauges that you have to follow. But, I mean, if they're going to bite you, hit you, punch you, walk away. But a lot of people try and get their work done, right? They got to move on to the next person. And it, it just, you know, the, the violence in the workplace is real and it's every day. So it must contribute to the injury rates, right? It does. It, you don't have enough staff to go two by two by two. That would be optimal. But, you know, after you clean up and get up and feed and take care of and push and shove 800, 900 pounds before nine o'clock in the morning, you need, you need, uh, you need to be physically really fit to work in a nursing home. So how do you feel that these issues affect residents? Terribly. They, they are the ones that are our 100 supporters. So a lot of them will look at you and go, it's okay, dear. I, I know I don't need my bath today anyway. You know, and then they'll say, well, maybe tomorrow we'll have enough staff. You know, they, they've got hope that things will get better for them. And sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. But the, they support us 100. You girls work so hard. I've never seen these guys, you just never stop, do you? They sit there and they see it all day long, the ones that have their mind. And the ones that have their mind are the ones that are saying to you, you just need to do something. You know, we need to do something. So we know that we have a problem. We know that our population is getting older. And we know there's issues surrounding recruitment, retention, and compensation. So in your view, how do we move forward to improve the system for everyone? I don't have an automatic answer, but what I can say is that working in a nursing home, it gives you something that you can't buy. It, there is no dollar value on it. It has a reward of the heart. It is a chosen profession. It's a path that you've taken for whatever reason you've taken it. Um, I became what I am a long time ago, and I wouldn't change it if I could but I would certainly get out of it now, if I could. Um, the tasks and the enormity of the responsibility and legalities of the things that go on in there, um, no, you know, uh, you're always expected to do more with less. And unfortunately, you see a lot of people doing the things 
that they shouldn't need to do. If there's a family or a member in there that doesn't have, you'll see people, like I said to you earlier, going out and buying things, right, from hair products to elastics to jackets or going down to Frenchies to get them some clothes. And some of the staff members can open back clothes which makes our job easier and for the clients as well. They don't have to struggle and try and put their, you know, um, arms into clothes that don't go in. So they'll make them open back. And um, these clothes are hugely expensive. Like for one outfit, you're looking at a hundred bucks. So now we've got staff that take these clothes home, open them up, put bindings and linings in them, and they charge like five bucks, you know, because they know the money's not there. And, and they'll do whatever it takes to make someone's life a little softer and a little easier. And that's a nursing home worker, you know, because we're people. We, we don't, in the wintertime, I got to just say this. Last winter when I was going to work, there was a storm that I should have never, ever been on the roads. The police were telling people, stay off the roads. I'm like, no, I have to get to work. There's people there, people, real people, that if I don't get there, they're not going to eat. Or they're going to eat cold food. Or maybe the cook can't get in. You know, but you're going to try and make it. You're like this big savior, you know, and because it's important that you're there. And it's real important now that you're there because, you know, other people aren't going to show up. They're burnt out. They're tired. They're exhausted. They're working double shifts. So it's not really truly all about the money now, is it? Because I could work 24 hours a day, seven days a week if I stayed. I can't stay sometimes. It's physically impossible for me. I need rest. You know, or just stay and pass some medications. Well, I, I can't do that either. Or, you know, just, just stay and, and help out over here or do this or just, just no, no. You're, you're going to have to find a solution somewhere, somehow. Um, we've talked a lot about the problems that we fa face in this profession. But can it be extremely rewarding? I would assume so. Uh, can you provide us with some of the moments that have brought you joy in your work? Absolutely, I can. There was so many times. That's why I'm still where I'm at. Uh, one time, it was Christmas time, and there was a family, and they're a large family. Um, and one of the family members came in and brought a great big fruit platter. And I'd never seen that before. Boxes of chocolates and cards and thank you so much for caring for my parents and so on. And I had made a comment, oh, you didn't have to do that. You know, that's over the top, you know, thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. And he took, took me right by the shoulders and looked in my eyes and he said, listen, he said, we entrust you with our most valued loved one, the matriarch of our family, whom we love very, very much. And we're grateful to you for looking after her because when I leave here and I know you're working, I know that she's well taken care of and safe. So, you know, that really tugs at your heartstrings and you know You know these people, they're, they're in your community, they're in your churches, they're in your schools, they're everywhere. You know somebody that knows somebody that's got a loved one in a home because we're aging population and the nursing home worker is basically over 40. So uh, try not to burden them with not having enough staff and the shortages and the shortcomings. What would you say to the Premier and the Minister of Social Development? Well, I would ask the Premier to look or listen to this and feel it because someday he's going to be there and maybe with the amount of money he makes, he can afford better care. You know, I'm just saying because if he was a typical day in a typical nursing home, uh, he would change his mind. 
Well, I want to thank our guests for joining us to discuss this important topic. We need to find solutions for nursing home care and those who provide it. We need to make sure that seniors get the care that they deserve. Again, thank you all for listening to the New Brunswick Union podcast. We appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to learn about this issue. Take care.